With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Tuesday, January 16th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians made some news on Monday, uh, International Signing Day uh, for uh, Major League Baseball, and uh, they come in with the uh, 13th-ranked international uh, signee overall. Uh, and the the name uh, sounds a little familiar to uh, to the Guardians uh, and, and and folks around the uh, the organization. They got an outfielder from the Dominican Republic. Yeah, Robert Arias. Joe, he's a 17-year-old left-handed hitting uh, outfielder, um, and he was their, uh, I mean, he got the biggest signing bonus. I guess he was their top pick in the international uh, free agent signing period. Um, and, uh, you know, Joe, it's just, and, you know, they signed, you know, they they announced his signing. Um, I don't think he's a re- any relation to Gabriel Arias, and there's another right, Arias right. They signed in this group as well, Daniel Arias, an infielder from the Dominican. So uh, there's going to be a if all three of these guys are on the same on the t- on uh, the make it to the Guardians at once, it's going to be a little confusing. Well, it's sort of like Logan Allen's. If your name is Logan Allen, the uh, the, the club was interested in you. I, uh, multiple Ariases uh, on a team, and you know multiple Nailers. Uh, they're they're just making it easier. Fewer names for us to to remember on the uh, on the writer's side of it, I guess. Definitely. And, you know, so they signed uh, uh, Arias to a $1.9 million uh, signing bonus um, along with 24 other players. And, Joe, this is it's it's always kind of, uh, you know, I, you just don't know what to make of these uh, signing periods. You know, you just you, they you know, every team, you know, signs like 20 to 30 players. You know, there's name. You're all, they're all 16 or 17 year old kids. Some come from Cuba, a little, you know, a little older. Um, and, uh, you know, we've never seen them. Can they play? Can they not play? But I was, you know, I was reading something and, you know, 30%, an estimated 30% of all the players on MLB rosters right now have come as international free agents. Uh, the Guardians, for example, have like 28% of the 40 man roster. You know, is our um, our you know have have been acquired not just by the in, uh, the Guardians but by other teams that way. You know, the list includes uh, Jose Ramirez, Andres Jimenez, 
all the all the most of the Latin guys, uh, Gabriel Arias, Juan Brito, Angel Martinez, uh, John Kenzie Noel, uh, Brian Rocchio, Jose Tena, um, you know, uh, and uh, George Valera. So you know, Emmanuel Class A. So you know, that's uh, it's it's really. It's an important way for teams to acquire talent. It's only the really the the only MLB teams only have two ways of acquiring amateur talent. That's uh, through uh, you know the July draft, which we're all familiar with. That you know includes Canada, United States, and Puerto Rico, and uh, you know the international signing period, which covers the rest of the world. Well, and for uh, for for a lot of the guys uh, maybe on the roster. You know, getting to uh, this point where they're on the 40-man roster of a big league team, it's it's not usually a straight line. You talk about uh, George Valera being on that list. You know, Valera was a, a guy who, until he was, what, 13 years old, lived in the United States. And, and then he moved in order to, once they, they figured he had, you know, uh, some sort of talent or, you know, was could be a, a, a prospect, uh, he moved back to, uh, what, I believe was uh, the Dominican and and... Uh, so that he could be acquired by a team in that way and get uh, a bigger signing bonus. Yeah, and there was, you know, there was also a family reason. I think his father was involved in a car accident. They were li- they lived in New York City, and uh, you know the uh, rehab, you know the cold weather didn't sit well with his father, so they went and moved back to the Dominican, and uh, that's where you know he really became a good ball player and was able to uh, sign that way. I mean, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think uh, they could have uh, a team could have drafted him as well, you know. Uh, so because there's been players, you know, born like uh, Loriano was born in in uh, where was uh, Loriano was born in the Dominican. Uh, uh, Ramon Loriano, but um, you know, moved to uh, the United States and was drafted uh, uh, by uh, by in the United States in the June draft or the July draft. Well, and that's what uh, I, I believe uh, Daniel Espino as well. Uh, he went to a, a prep school in in Georgia, uh, where where he was uh, drafted uh, out of high school there in in the main draft. But uh, just the idea of you know it's it's really kind of surprising when you look at it to see how much how big a percentage of teams uh, you know rosters are comprised of international draftees, and and a lot of these guys it's you know, it's their like one in a million shot. You talk about Jose Ramirez, uh, who who wasn't even like a guy who was getting scouted, but he was when when scouts did go down to the Dominican and uh, you know he did go out for uh, you know tryouts and things. He he sort of he was unmistakable and 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 somebody saw him and and said you know hey we we got to take a shot on this guy and that's that's how he got to the big leagues was. Uh, being scouted when when he wasn't even the guy the the main guy who was you know uh, a target down there in the Dominican yeah no doubt about it and Joe it's a cheap way to assign players uh, you know they're not governed by the draft uh there's the slot you know the slotting uh, system doesn't work uh you know you can you can sign guys the, the Guardians had were one of the um uh, one of the teams uh, with the, the biggest bonus pool going into this, uh, you know, signing period of over just over seven million dollars, 
with uh, the with the Arizona, the, the Orioles, the Pirates, the Rockies, and Kansas City. They all had the same uh, bonus pool, and uh, you know they you, you signed twenty five players for that that amount. I mean, uh, you know that's saying something. And you know with uh, the Guardians having the number one pick in the uh, amateur draft if, uh, in, in July, their number one pick could all might cost close to $7 million. Right. And, and, and having that, uh, that boat bonus money, it was, uh, a, a, a really, you know, you can spread it around. You can, you can get multiple guys, uh, for, for good price at, at, at that level. So, uh, really, uh, you know, a, an important time for this organization, which, you know, has to compete with, you know, the, the bigger market teams, uh, by building through the draft and, and building through this amateur signing period, uh, the international signing period here. Uh, there was video uh, that circulated on social media of uh, one of the prospects that signed, uh, Stephen Cruz, uh, just being overcome with emotion and, and, you know, weeping as he realized his dream of, of signing uh, with a major league team. Uh, I'm sure he wasn't the only person uh, at that table and, and at the uh, at the Guardian site uh, down in the Dominican yesterday at the academy, uh, who was who felt that that you know this was life a life changing moment for them when they signed on the dotted line. Yeah, Joan, it's not just the player; it's the it's the whole family and you know uh, all the relatives. I mean, this is uh, you know this is a way out for for a lot of for a lot of those young kids. You know, this is their only way out. Um, you know, from uh, you know one from the Dominican or, or Venezuela. Uh, you know, this is what they dream of, and uh, it is a it's a long, hard process. And uh, when you when you get and when they get here to the big leagues, um, you can see you you can see what how, how you know all you got to do is watch you know Jose Ramirez how he plays and he's still playing. You know he plays with that chip on his shoulder and he plays hungry, and uh, th- that that's kind of the. Uh, you know that that's that's how that you that's how you have to be in that situation to uh, you know make your way in the world and if because uh, if, Joe if you don't if you don't uh, if you don't make it as a player the teams are signing 25 other guys you know the next day right behind you so it's a tough business and uh, you know they they really you know you can see how why they why they sacrifice so much and and how they play so hard. Uh, because because of where they came from and how many people are depending on them. Yeah, he plays like he's you know earning money to to put food on his family's table and a roof over their head. That's uh, that's so basic and human. It's uh, it, it's uh, really impressive. Uh, and and don't forget guys like you know Brian Rocchio, uh, the the organization's number one uh, prospect right now, uh, who's you know lighting it up in winter ball and and you know should be competing for. Uh, the starting shortstop position uh, when spring training rolls around. Brian Rocchio was an international signee out of uh, Venezuela, you know, uh, you know, five years ago. When, when, and when this team, you know, was winning a division title back in 2018. And he was it, it was an afterthought, uh, you know, because they they had Francisco Lindor there. And, uh, you know, these are the the moves and the. Uh, the moments that sort of build that future. And, you know, right now uh, it, you've got Brian Rocchio with a real chance to, to, to follow that path and, and, you know, go from an international signee to a, 
a guy who plays every day in the major leagues. Yeah. And, you know, that's uh, it's, you know, and, and these guys, you know, what they usually play, you know, kids that uh, are, are signed in, uh, you know, in the in this uh, period, in this class, uh, you know, they're usually 16, 17, 18 years old. They've got to play two years in the Dominican Summer League. Then if they're good enough, they get to go to, uh, you know, the Arizona uh, to the complex, to the Guardians complex in Goodyear, Arizona, and play on the complex team for a year. It's a grind. It's, uh, you know, you go, you just got to work your way up the ladder. And, you know, some guys make it and some guys don't. That's uh, uh, an interesting path uh, to follow. And uh, one of the ways that you can follow uh, the sort of the uh, the ascension of uh, guys like Robert Arias and the other uh, 25 or so uh, young players that that signed with the Guardians uh, is through Guardian Subtext, our subscription text service. Uh, we have updates on uh, prospects. We have updates on players on the roster, uh, schedules, moves, everything you can think of. Uh, it's our way of connecting with the fans who subscribe for $3.99 a month. Uh, you can go to cleveland.com slash subtext or send a text message to 216-208-4346 to subscribe and we would love to to get in touch with you hey uh speaking of brian rocchio uh still playing in the um the uh, venezuelan uh you know fall uh, i'm sorry the winter ball uh postseason the playoffs there uh just the uh the lineup that he played in uh the, the game that he played last night in caracas uh Erie Adrizana, uh, a former uh, Major League second baseman, uh, Michael Garcia, uh, Yasiel Puig is the uh, <laughs> the number five hitter on that team, playing left field, uh, and Miguel Pena was the uh, the pitcher on that team. Franklin Barreto, uh, center fielder, so uh, playing alongside some some pretty good uh, Major League talent, but also some some former Major League talent, and a guy like Yasiel Puig still out there. Uh, you know, maybe licking his, uh, licking the barrel of his baseball bat be, uh, between pitches. Uh, Yasiel Puig being Puig uh, in the the Venezuelan winter ball playoffs. Yeah, I wonder if you know, I wonder if they get to the uh, you know Caribbean World Series if uh, if uh, you know <laughs> if Rokio would play. I, I, I that'd be that'd be strange. That'd be interesting to see. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I wonder what it means for his uh, availability for Guards Fest at the end of this week. Uh, we got that coming up. Uh, you know, players be in town uh, probably on Friday night, uh, wondering, you know, how much further or how many more games he has uh, uh, of play in the, um, the 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 Venezuelan Winter League to to see the obviously the the Caribbean World Series. Uh, you know, a lot of fun, big important, uh, you know, time for for some of these players. Uh, uh, you know, wonder if he'd be given a, a pass for uh, Guards Fest to to be able to play for his team. Uh, in Venezuela, uh, in in the World Series there. Uh, all right, uh, moving on. We uh, we wanted to, uh, uh, we we should mention uh, yesterday the Guardians did make uh, make it official uh, the uh, the addition of Dan Puente as uh, Major League hitting assistant uh, under Chris Valleca, the hitting coach. Uh, that should round out uh, um, Stephen Vogt's uh, coaching staff for the 2024 season, right, Hongzi? Yeah, definitely, Joe. You know, they, um, Puente will replace, uh, Victor Rodriguez, who, you know, became the hitting coach at San Diego. Uh, the, I still, I think they're still looking for a, a replay coordinator. I don't think they've hired one, but I would think, uh, you know, that's probably in the works. That might be an internal hire. We'll have to see how that goes. But right now, 
you know, uh, Stephen Vogt's uh, coaching staff is complete. I think we said that before and we're saying it again, but, but I would think, uh, you know, this, this time they've got it nailed down. Well, obviously, you know, the, the biggest hire, the most important hire of the, the off season is, is who will, will follow in the footsteps and, and, and replace Mike Barnett. You know, obviously it's not, not Terry Francona. It's who will replace Mike Barnett as the, uh, uh, the, the replay coordinator who, who did such a marvelous job and, and was always, uh, the, the target of Tito's, uh, good natured, uh, harassment and, and humor and, and joking around. So, uh, never forget, uh, the job that, that Barney did and, and just, uh, who he was around the, uh, the clubhouse. A lot of fun. All right. Uh, we are going to dive into another, uh, breakdown for a couple more players on the roster. We're, we're slowly trudging through and, and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, these these final few names on the 40-man roster uh, just to get uh, a, a little bit of a breakdown for the upcoming season and what to expect. Uh, this time it's the backup catcher's edition, uh, and we're going to start with David Fry because David Fry really stepped in uh, a couple of times uh, last season and um, in, in a lot of ways uh, saved the Guardians because, uh, you know, he was just available and versatile and the effort that he gave and, you know, he, he wasn't maybe a major league ready catcher when they first put him out there, but uh, he, he, he slowly afforded himself uh, uh, a really valuable spot on the roster uh, because he was able to catch and then able to play corner infield positions and, and even go in the outfield. And even though he dropped his first ball out there, he, he still made some plays and, uh, I don't think he did anything to damage his reputation or his credibility uh, in the clubhouse or with the organization with, with what he was able to do uh, last season uh, when the guardians needed him because players were injured or players weren't available. Yeah, Joe, he certainly, uh, you know, carved out a, a niche for himself on, on the roster last year. You know, he caught, he played first base, he played right field, he DH'd, he played left field, even pitched, and he played third base. So, you know, you've got to love a guy like that. Every team needs someone like that. And he can swing the bat a little bit, Joe, when he got a chance. Uh, he, he hit two thirty eight, four home runs, 15 RBIs, you know, had a seven three four seven uh you know seven three thirty four OPS so you know I think that, that was his first you know first year in the big leagues and uh played 57 games and I think uh you know he handled himself really well yeah a couple of uh you know a, a walk-off hit uh you know a couple of clutch hits some some big uh the ability to 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 show up big in in situations and uh there there were a couple of times where you looked and you said, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe this is a guy who could be a backup catcher, uh, you know, a number two guy eventually uh, in, in a couple of years. And and certainly uh, after they brought in Austin Hedges, you, you thought, well, what does this mean for David Fry's future with the uh, uh, the club? But uh, I think you, you go with a guy like that who can, who, who can, you know, fill in in multiple spots and give you a little bit of pop uh, if you if you need him to uh, as a as a DH once in a while. Uh, Fry uh, really did, like I said, didn't uh, didn't do anything to to tarnish his reputation uh, with the team just by uh, being the guy he is. I guess in in the clubhouse he he's really uh, a, a guy who 
is is not necessarily a leader, but you know, a, a good a good strong voice in the clubhouse as well. You know, the guys are drawn to him. Yeah, Joe, and it, it was a unique situation uh, last year. You know, with uh, you know they they were kind of uh, you know kind of hamstrung a little bit uh, coming out of the gate with the catching situation with Mike Zanino not being really able to uh, perform up to the level. Of the, of their expectations so they were always carrying three catchers you know and they went through a couple catchers and finally you know settled on fry as kind of that third catcher utility guy and he really uh, you know took that took that job to heart now it's going to be interesting this year you know they've got bo naylor he looks like he's going to be the starter out of the gate they bring Henkes, uh, Hedges back, uh, you know, to be the backup. And, you know, where does Fry fit? You know, that, you know, I think, you know, it's always nice to have an emergency catcher. But he's, you know, if he's going to be uh, in the utility, you know, competition job for the utility, you know, the competition for the uh, utility job, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people uh, lining up in the, for, uh, to compete at that position, Joe. Right. Is he, is he enough to maybe, uh, you know, be able to back up at, uh, um, at, at third base? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think maybe they like a couple of guys like a, a Tyler Freeman, maybe back there, uh, back in Jose up, but, uh, you know, over at first base, he gives them a right-handed option, maybe, uh, to, to play at, at first base with, um, uh, Josh Naylor, uh, but you've got Davidson De Los Santos on the roster. So is he going to be a guy who, uh, makes the team and, and shows them that he can play, uh, either one of the corner infield positions as well. So, uh, there's, there's still a little, uh, question mark right now. Uh, you know, they, they have to carry De Los Santos, uh, through if he's going to stay on the roster. Uh, if not, they have to offer him back uh, to the, uh, the Diamondbacks, but, uh, you know, if, if Fry can, can, can play in, uh, spring training the way that he did last year, uh, certainly, uh, you know, he, he puts himself in a good position, uh, to make the roster out of the, out of spring training. Uh, looking at Austin Hedges, obviously this is a, a guy who he was the missing ingredient last year in a lot of ways in, in the clubhouse and, uh, maybe uh, with the pitching staff, uh, but uh, he he doesn't answer a lot of those questions at the plate still. And and this is you're not going to expect Austin Hedges to have some sort of breakout year at the plate. You you brought him in uh, to be sort of one of those gel guys, to be sort of one of those uh, you know be the backup catcher, teach Bo Naylor, and and have him learn that way. Uh, but you're not expecting uh, you know 20 home runs and and you know. Uh, 100 RBIs out of Austin Hedges ever, uh, certainly not this year. I, you don't know where it would come from. Yeah, Joe. I mean, you know, his role is pretty much defined. He's going to be the backup catcher. Uh, he's going to, you know, like you said, uh, tutor uh, Bo Naylor. Uh, I think he's going to be a good keeps keeps the uh, you know the clubhouse the team pointed in the right direction he, he was such he was such a you know kind of an integral part of that that 2022 club you know that came out of nowhere and you know won the AL Central took went to uh, game 5 of the ALDS he wasn't playing every day but you know he, his presence was really you know important to that club and i thought it was interesting you know when uh, they um when after re-signing Hedges and he had he talked to the media and he said you know he said that you know we I probably made a mistake and and perhaps you know Chris Antonetti made a mistake that of not 
bringing bringing him back. You know, I I think uh, Hedges may have been looking for another team. Um, and uh, but you know, when he said, you know, after he signed with Cleveland, I feel like I'm coming home. I, that said it all to me. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was a mistake that worked out for a, a World Series ring for Austin Hedges. So I yeah, I think yeah. He, I think he would take that, but. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, they they probably could have met somewhere in the middle and and come to an agreement and had him uh, on Cleveland's roster for the entire season. And you know, uh, but obviously the the Guardians were looking to upgrade uh, at the plate as well. And the hope was that uh, Mike Zanino would have would have given them that that pop and the, a little bit more at the plate uh, than what they expect from Austin Hedges. Uh, and that's sort of what they're they're banking on Bo Naylor being over the long run here. Uh, and, and, and he'll get better, uh, behind the plate with, with Austin Hedges there, Austin Hedges blocks above average in the 90th percentile, uh, and his pitch framing 98th percentile. Uh, so that adds up to a fielding run value, according to Statcast in the 99th percentile, uh, behind the plate. So you don't get much better than Austin Hedges, uh, behind the plate in terms of handling a pitching staff. And, and that's what, uh, what they need Bo Naylor to learn and grow and excel at. And that's why Austin Hedges will be there. So when we talk about what to expect from Austin Hedges in 2024, uh, let's, uh, let's call him professor Hedges. Let's, uh, let's, uh, see if, if he pays off in growth, uh, on, on Bo Naylor's side. And, and that will be what determines a successful 2024 for Austin Hedges. Well put Joe. I mean, he's, he is so, uh, enthusiastic he has always he has a great attitude day in and day out i think he's always the same guy uh just you know observing him in the clubhouse and uh, i think that's going to be important to this team you know which is kind of uh you know kind of lost its footing last year and might be a little unsure of itself right now so i think uh you know hedges can't do anything but help this club yeah that's uh that's sort of why he's there all right hoinsey uh, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we've got Guards Fest preview uh, coming up for the rest of the week here. What to look for, what to look forward to, and uh, and who will be there. And we'll uh, we'll break some of that down, uh, and uh, we'll get ready for the the fan festival. And hopefully, seeing a bunch of you guys there uh, at the convention center on Saturday. We'll look forward to it then. <laughs>